0: Now, let me tell you some striking features about the structure of this gospel. You will recall that I said at the beginning that the gospel of Matthew was written to and for the Jew. The gospel of Mark was written to and for the Roman. And the gospel of Luke was written to and for the Greek. And for those who have that same type of mind today, And the Gospel of John was written to meet the need of that great mass of folk in the East. They were the wretched folk, if you please. Many of them were rich, extremely rich. Many of them were woefully and horribly poor. They knew what poverty was. But they all were in great need, and there was a great hunger. For it was out of the east that there came wise men, asking the question, Where is he that's born king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east. We've come to worship him. And so we find that John meets the need of that type of mind. After all, the ancestors of most of us came out of that area fact of the matter is the ancestors of all of us did, because Ham, Shem, and Japheth all were in that area. And there was a great Hemitic kingdom in that area. That was the kingdom of Babylon, and that was a Hamitic kingdom. And then out of that area came these sons of Japheth. Abraham came from that area, the son of Shem. So that out of that area came these people and they've been a needy people and that speaks of you and me today and it may be that's the reason the gospel of john has been so universally received and studied because of that i have given this kind of a division i worked on a newspaper when i was a student in college and i've attempted to divide the Gospels, as you know, according to a newspaper. Because after all, the Gospel is good news. Of course, newspapers generally have bad news in them, including the death notices. And Matthew gives the announcements and advertising. Behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Mark carries the flaming headlines. Behold, my servant. What a headline. And then we find that Luke has the special features. He alone records the songs connected with the birth of Christ and the stories of the good Samaritan and the prodigal son. But John has the editorial section. He's written on the bread of life, the water of life, the true vine, and the Christian life. His is quite interesting And we'll see that in just a moment. The first three Gospels are called the Synoptic Gospels because they are written according to a similar pattern. But the fourth Gospel is different. Matthew and Mark emphasize the miracles of Jesus. And Luke gives attention to the parables. But John does neither. The miracles of Jesus are given as signs. And they were chosen with a great deal of discrimination, in order to interpret certain great truths. For instance, Jesus fed the 5,000, and then there follows His discourse on the bread of life. And there are 11 specific signs in the Gospel of John. Now, there are no parables in the fourth Gospel, and we'll see that when we get into the Gospel, because I know that there will be those that say, well, in the 10th chapter, the 6th verse, why the word parable occurs about the good shepherd. But actually, the Greek word there is not parabole, but paroimia, which is an altogether different word, and it ought not to be translated by the word parable at all. Then we've talked to you about the simplicity of the language of this gospel, which, of course, is remarkable indeed. And then John does something else that's quite interesting. He gives a chronological order, which is well to note. Fact of the matter is, it's one that if you follow along, it gives you a ladder on which you can fit the three-year ministry of Christ. For instance, you'll find him using right here in this first chapter, the next day, the next day, He's giving not only a logical, but a chronological sequence in his gospel. And he calls attention to places and cities, Bethabara, beyond Jordan, Cana of Galilee. He'll call attention to these places. And the great theme, of course, is the deity of Christ. I think one of the keys to this gospel is 1628 where the Lord Jesus said, I've come forth from the Father, and I'm come into the world. Again, I leave the world, and I go to the Father. And when he came into this world, John immediately ties him down to these geographical places, you see. That is something that's important to note. And although the deity of Christ is emphasized in this gospel, it's in the forefront. But the humanity of Christ is not lost sight of. Do you notice it's only John that tells about his trip through Samaria, and he sat down at the well. Why? Being wearied with his journey. Can you think of anything more human than that? Well, I can think of one thing. Jesus wept. And who gives us that? Well, John gives us that. And the name Jesus is used almost entirely to the exclusion of Christ in this gospel. And that's strange because the emphasis is upon the deity of Christ, and you'd think that he would use the name Christ. But he doesn't. He used the name Jesus. Why? Because God became a man. The word Jew occurs over 60 times in this gospel.